The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Jesus, once again, your, your flock has gathered together for the purpose of being fed, for the purpose of being encouraged of our Master, for the purpose of hearing the sweet call of our Savior that knows us by name. Lord, we hear your voice and it's sweet to us, it encourages us, it, it changes how we go through this life. So Father, feed your flock. Do what only you can do. We are, we are not gathered together for an exercise of human ability today. We are gathered together to be supernaturally transformed by an almighty God, by a loving and powerful Savior, in whose name we pray, the mighty name of Jesus, and all the church says, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In God's house, and in preparation of being fed of God's Word, we can be taking your Bibles to both 2 Corinthians 6 and Deuteronomy 22. You can bookmark both of those places. We'll be in 2 Corinthians 6 first in the New Testament, and then we will finish Lord willing, in Deuteronomy, the 22nd chapter. So you can be working on bookmarking both of those places. Second Corinthians 6 and Deuteronomy 22. Bookmarking both of those places. Death Valley, California is considered to be perhaps one of the hottest places in the world and certainly the hottest place in America. They have recorded temperatures of over 130 degrees Fahrenheit. It is incredibly hot near around Death Valley, California. And there was a man one day who was building a home close to this area. And as he was sitting back and watching the builders build the home, he was noting the insulation that they were putting in this house. And he was a wise man knowing that the environment in which he was was incredibly, incredibly hot. So he said to himself, Self, if you're going to put some extra money in this home, it ought to be in the insulation so that it can help contain the cool air that will be coming in from the air conditioning unit so that I can be in this hot environment, but I can be insulated from it. And sure enough, he had them double the amount of insulation that was going in the home, and once the home was completed... They experienced a brutally hot summer in that particular region that he was in near Death Valley, California. And sure enough, it was a hot summer, but he was inside sipping lemonade in a nice air-conditioned climate inside his insulated home. The environment in which he was was very hot. He was not isolated from being in a hot place, but he was insulated from it and insulated very well. You and I as believers are called not to be isolated, but to be insulated from the world in its affections 
and its desires and its agendas and the temptations of the world, we are to be insulated from them but not isolated. And you might say, well, Pastor Ben, can't we all just be isolated and insulated? Couldn't we all just gather together and get our money together and go buy a few thousand acres somewhere and we can send the men out to hunt and we can grow our own food and have our own place and build a big wall and we can just have our own little community and we'll only let people that are believers inside and to which I would say, don't tempt me with that idea. But the <laughs> Pastor Wally and I have even joked, let's just go buy a mountain somewhere and we'll hunt and take care of our families. And... But we've come to the conclusion that we are, as believers, not called to be isolated but to be insulated from the world and its agendas and its temptations. There are a number of pictures of this idea of being not isolated but insulated in Scripture. And if you're taking notes, I would invite you to jot down the references of these Scriptures. These would be excellent Scriptures for you to go back this week, even perhaps this day, and study these. Write these Scripture references down. Matthew 10, 14 which is an area in Scripture in which Jesus is instructing his disciples about how they should go about doing the work of the ministry that he was equipping them to go do. And he told them something specific about how they should go about. Jesus says, And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you're going to go out and minister, you're not going to be isolated. You're going out... You're going out to be among these people. You're going to minister. And there will be some who receive it. There will be others, however, that do not receive it at all. And of those people who do not receive you, they do not receive the word, they do not receive the gospel, shake off the very dust from your feet. You don't want what's on them to get on to you. In Jude verse 22, it says, and on some, that's another verse you can be writing down on, in Jude verse 22 to go back later to. And on some have compassion, God's word says, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. God's word says there's, there are some people who you'll preach the gospel to and they'll receive it gladly, but there are others that are destined for destruction. They are bent against the gospel. They don't want any part of it. They will not bow their lives before an almighty God. And those people, make no mistake, church, are people marching towards the fire. Those people, when we witness to them, we're pulling them out of a fire. We are to hate even the garment that is defiled by the flesh. In other words, if you had a quarter that you dropped into a fire, and it was obviously hot, you could not just pick up that quarter and set it in your pocket and, and just be okay. It would burn your hand. It would burn your leg. It would burn through your pocket. It would, the heat that is on that quarter would get onto you, and you can't let what's on that thing get on you. We are to be not isolated, but insulated. You're to be insulated. You have to be very careful of how you get at that quarter and, and be very careful with it. We are to do the same thing in which the world we find ourselves in. Joshua chapter 7, another scripture reference for you to go back to later, gives us an excellent example of when this not isolated but insulated didn't go properly. There was a man, an Israeli, an Israeli man by the name of Achan, and the Israelites had just, according to God's will and plan, they had defeated Jericho, 
And the instruction of God was simply this. It was go to destroy all the things that are abominable. Destroy all of the accursed things. Destroy all of the things that have to do with worship of other gods. Destroy them completely. The silver and the gold, those will go into the treasury of the Lord. And there was a man named Achan who is there going through the rubble of Jericho. He sees this Babylonian garment. We don't know much about what this garment was, but it probably was some kind of very well-decorated, very beautiful kind of robe that would have been used in false pagan worship. And Achan desired it. So he took it, along with some silver and gold. He took it, he buried it in the ground underneath his tent, he hid it knowing that he was not supposed to have it, that it was to be as destroyed, the accursed things were to be destroyed. And if you know your Bibles, you'll know that the Israelites suffered a defeat at a place called Ai because of this sin, because Achan did not keep himself insulated. You'll know that Achan was destroyed. He was spewed out of the mouth of Israel. He was spewed out of the mouth of God because of this not being insulated. And you might say, well, Pastor Ben, those are great examples. And I believe they are. They are great examples of this not being isolated, but being insulated from the world and all of its agendas. And I think it's important for us, though, that we go deeper than just these single examples to see. We need to ask some specific questions about this, to know the heart of God about this not being isolated, but being insulated, being in the world, but not of the world. We need to see this and see this clearly. If a soldier is not clear on the command that they've been given, they will only be able to go about their mission with, with only a half-hearted ability to do it with passion and zeal because they're unclear of what the mission is. And we ought to be soldiers with clear missions, church, if you believe it, say amen. We ought to be an athlete. If an athlete doesn't understand the reason that they're training or for which event they're training for, they'll have a very lackadaisical way in which they go about training their body in the gymnasium because they don't understand it clearly. We ought to be athletes that understand clearly what our mission is. If a farmer does not understand what he's planting for and why he's planting, he won't be able to prepare the ground properly for the mission that he's got if it's an unclear vision that he has. So if you're thinking to last week, 2 Timothy 2, you'd be on the right track with that. But we have to see this and to see it clearly. So the first question that we ought to tackle this morning is, why does God want us to be insulated? And if you're as ready as I am to be fed of God's word this morning, say amen. 2 Corinthians 6, we should be there already, looking to verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So I hope that you caught the list that was their church. The list that was highlighted of things that don't mix. Righteousness and lawlessness. Light and darkness. Christ and and Belial, which in just in case you're wondering, Belial is another name for the devil, another name for Satan. It's almost like the personification of wickedness, this name that's used for the devil, Belial. The believer and the unbeliever, God's temple and idols, 
So it's very clear, and, and you don't have to be a biblical scholar to see this and have this biblical interpretation very clearly. What's so simply clear that arises out of God's word here is that there are two kingdoms being represented here. There are battle lines that are being represented between these two kingdoms. And God says to his people, I want these two kingdoms to be separated. These two kingdoms don't mix. These two kingdoms are different. There are clear distinction of lines between them, and people ought not to, they ought to be, there ought to be some insulation from one kingdom to the other. My kingdom, God says, needs to be insulated such that it doesn't look like, doesn't associate in these certain kinds of ways. You need to be insulated from this other kingdom. And it's because of that that it has been commonly, and I would even say rightly extrapolated from the text that we just read that a believer ought not date or marry an unbeliever. I would say this is true. I would say that this is right. You have someone who is of righteousness, is of light, of Christ, a believer, a person that is God's temple, and that person ought not to marry that one flesh union, two flesh becoming one flesh, ought not to occur between a believer and an unbeliever. It's, it's blurring the battle lines, you might say. It's, it's, it's blurring the distinction between these two kingdoms. The believer ought to keep themselves insulated in that kind of way. Now, I would say that it goes far beyond, though, just dating and marriage. I believe that it encompasses so many other things also. I believe it encompasses our entertainment. Uh, we, we will be entertained. We will spend money on entertainment. We will do things, perhaps even this holiday weekend, we will do things for entertainment. And there will be unbelievers who might enjoy the same kinds of entertainment, but, but we're very careful to make sure that in our entertainment, that we're insulated from certain kinds of entertainment that are of the kingdom of darkness. We are of a different kingdom. We need to be insulated. We are, we are in the world, but we're not of it. We're not isolated, but we ought to be insulated from these kinds of things. We ought to be very careful about the kind of entertainment that we expose ourselves to. Money. And no, not just the money that you give. I'm talking about the money that you spend. You'll buy certain things that also unbelievers will buy. We are certainly in this world. We are certainly not isolated. We probably all have a jug of milk sitting in our refrigerator. And lots of unbelievers have jugs of milk sitting in their refrigerator also. But there are certain things, church, that the believer, that the person who's part of the kingdom of God ought not to buy, ought not to spend their money on. We are of a different kind of kingdom. And raising our children and grandchildren, our goal is not to look like everyone else. Our kids will do other things that other kids do, but, but we don't worship the same gods that other kids and other families do. It's our, we're raising our children to be of a kingdom with clearly defined lines and for those lines not to be blurred. The way in which we get the news. There are a lot of believers that need to hear something like this this morning. Many people, maybe even most people, and perhaps even this pastor needs to get our face out of Facebook and get our face in this book, God's Word. Say amen if you believe it. People will get news, and I think the Christian ought to be informed of what's going on in the world. But we don't get news in the way that the other kingdom does. Just hours of it, soaking in both lies and fear. We ought not to be of that mind. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good report, whatever is noble, those are the things that we ought to be predominantly pouring into our souls. We're of a different kingdom. We're not isolated, but we ought to be insulated. 
ministries. Um, man, so many these days that are just utilizing things of the kingdom of darkness. They have desired something and they are, they will use elements. It was, it was John MacArthur who one time was quoted saying, quote, one of the greatest lies evangelical Christians have believed is that there is something of the kingdom of darkness that can help the kingdom of light. We are of a different kingdom. We're not here to entertain. We're not here to create a show. We're not here for people just to come and be a part of some kind of program. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, redeemed of his blood, forever forgiven. We are of a different kind of kingdom, and ministry ought to reflect that. Not effects, not, not, you, not, not looking around in the ministry says, well, what's... What's going on? What, what's this rock concert doing? What is this person doing? What's the other kingdom doing to, to get crowds? And, and let's start using some of those things. No, we are different. We are in this world, but not of it. We are to be not isolated, but insulated from those things. So, what happens if we are not insulated? And this is the first point we can fill in this morning. Lines between opposing kingdoms are blurred. And certainly, hopefully, by now, that is already clear. What happens if we are a people that are not insulated? The lines between these opposing kingdoms are blurred. When the believer dates or marries an unbeliever, the lines are blurred. Two kingdoms that are not supposed to mix are mixed. Not isolated nor insulated. Believers, quote-unquote believers, that join in the political movements of this world. It blurs the lines of this kingdom that we are part of, church. I saw this, I know many youth pastors that see this, most pastors in general see these kinds of things where families with young children that they worship upon the altar of youth sports. And there was more than one time as a youth pastor, and I'm thinking, man, and the, the family would preach. They wouldn't say it out loud, but in their actions, they would be preaching to their children, we worship at the altar of youth sports. You getting a scholarship is more important than going to church. We're going to church. Church is second to our God of youth sports. We worship youth sports first, and then Jesus second. We'll go to church later if there's time, maybe. And the thing that I would think to myself is, have you seen your kid try to play dodgeball? They look like a three-legged draft that's dying. Like, they're not getting the scholarship. Just go send them out in the hay field and let the farmer pay them for bailing hay. That'd be better off than trying to get them. The, they, they're not getting the scholarship, sweetheart. Don't, don't waste your time. I'll tell you right now. That's more than once, church, more than once. When the family does that, the lines are blurred. They are both in the world and of the world. I'm making the argument to you this morning, church, that we are to be not isolated, but indeed insulated. If you believe it, say amen. We're not here to fit into this world. Look to verse 11 of our scripture there in 2 Corinthians 6, and it tells us why we're drawn even to blur these lines. Verse 11, O Corinthians, Paul says to them, you have spoken, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. The reason I believe that Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, delineates these two different kingdoms is because there were affections that these Corinthian folks had for the kingdom of darkness, had for the kingdom of this world. And I believe all of us are drawn in that same kind of way. Achan, that man I referenced in there in Joshua 7, he had an affection for that Babylonian garment. 
that thing of wickedness, that thing of defilement that he was not supposed to touch, supposed to destroy completely, but he took it because he had an affection for it. The believer who dates or marries the unbeliever, they've got an affection for that person, which is why they will continue on in a relationship for them. People that are supposedly Christians, I'm not so sure if they're Christians, but they will go along with great political movements that they cheer alongside the world and all of its heinous agendas and and those lines are blurred, and it's because they've got an affection for wickedness. There's something of the kingdom of darkness when people champion the political movements that all unbelievers are happy about. There's something of that kingdom of darkness that they're happy about. They've got an affection for it. I'm not so sure what it is, but, but there are affections for these things that cause us to want to blur these lines. The family who worships at the altar of youth sports, they have an affection for little Johnny to get the scholarship. That's their affection for him to be the next LeBron James. It's a fool's game, dear friends and family, this morning. Ministries that seek to utilize things of the kingdom of darkness to grow ministries. They have an affection for something, but it's not for the gospel. And a lot of times it's tied to both numbers, people that are gathered together, and budgets. That's their affection. That's the accursed thing of which they have an affection for that causes them to blur these lines, to not just be isolated, but they are to be insulated as well and I want you to hear the full weight of this church and hear me clearly Revelation 3 verses 15 through 16 and let the weight of this sink into your soul this morning dear brothers and sisters verse 15 says I know your works that you are neither hot nor cold God says I know know how you have affections to blur these lines you have affections for the things of the kingdom of darkness you're neither hot nor cold. You're, you're not happy to be on one side of the battle line. You want to stay somewhere kind of in the middle. I could wish, God says, that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Achan of Joshua chapter 7 was of this type, spewed out of the mouth of God because of his affections for these things that caused him to stumble. So I fear, dear friends, this morning, I fear for the Christian who gives themselves over to dating or marrying a non-believer. I fear for believers who, who, who voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, 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 and celebrated alongside the transsexual, who celebrated alongside the homosexual and the abortionist who celebrated along the movements of wickedness. They have an affection somewhere in there, and it calls them to blur these lines. I fear for them. I'm not so sure if they're hot or cold. I think just maybe they're lukewarm. For the family that worships at the altar of youth sports, I fear for that family. I fear for the spiritual condition of that family, for the ministries, many ministries that are utilizing things of the kingdom of darkness simply for the reason of a stupid budget. Simply for the reason of having more people in a room. For those things, the affections that they've had to blur these lines, it causes a lukewarmness. So I wonder this morning, dear friends, dear brothers and sisters, are we lukewarm this morning? Are our affections pulling us away in these kinds of things? Are you insulated? We are not isolated. We are in a wicked world. If you believe that, say yes. We are in a wicked world. We're not isolated, nor are we called to be isolated, but we are called to be insulated. Are you insulated? Is your family insulated? As I studied these texts and was praying this week, I thought to myself, man, I would love to see some of your guys' trash. 
No, I'm, I'm actually dead serious. Like, I, I, it made me wonder, and this is where my funny brain goes, but I wonder if, if we could get 10 bags of trash of unbelievers. Hear me, hear me, church. If we could get 10 bags of trash from unbelievers and set them on this side, and 10 bags of trash from people that say they're believers and set them on this side, and we said, all right, let's tear them open. Let's, let's take a look at their trash. Would there be a difference of your trash, dear friend, this morning? Could, could you, would, you, would we be able to open up 24? Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny these affections that the Corinthians had and that Achan had. And, and let him deny these affections and take up his cross and follow me. And what I believe, church, with all my heart, is that Jesus is still the God who saves. His Spirit is still the Spirit that draws us unto repentance. That when we see Christ preached, when we see and hear the Gospel for what it is, in truth, according to God's Word, and we see that, and there's this moment of forsaking those affections and following Jesus, when we first begin that process, there's still many affections that are in the life of the believer, many things that draw us away, but as we walk with God, because you know Him and you've had a true conversion, as you learn, as you learn more about Him and you see the beauty of Christ on display week after week, month after month, as you read your Bible and see God put on display in all of His glory, you, the affections start to drop off because your affections are being replaced by that of another. Somebody say amen. Your affections are being overtaken by this love that you have for God and these things, this process of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, those affections will start to fall off. And I believe that's what happens to the person when they see Christ preach in truth. And can I just tell you, church, this morning, I'm happy to be insulated from this world. I'm happy that I don't love all the things that the world... I'm happy that I'm insulated from drunkenness in this world. I'm happy that I'm insulated from confusion in this world. I'm, I, I am in this world, but I'm not of it. I'm not isolated, but I am insulated. I'm happy that there, my trash should look different than that of an unbeliever. There's things I don't buy. There's things I don't spend my money on because my affections are that of another. They're that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's changed all these other areas of my life. I want to be insulated, and I'm happy insulated. If you are too, say yes. I'm happy to be insulated from the confusion. Remember the whole Mr. Potato Head thing? Because he'd been Mr. Potato Head for how many decades, and then because Mr. then became offensive, and it's like, it's Mr. Potato Head. I'm insulated from that kind of stupidity. Like, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that my affections for Jesus are bigger than getting offended by the name of a plastic toy. Praise Jesus. Thank you, God, for being insulated from those kinds of things. I'm happy to be insulated. And what I have found, church, just to be transparent with you, is as we have preached Jesus together, as we champion his cause, his person in this place together as the family of God, and we put Jesus on display, there are some of you that were not believers six months ago, and you saw Jesus preached, and you thought, this is worth putting aside my affections for. And you've become believers. You've become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ because you have forsaken your affections. You've, you've gotten rid of those things and, you, and you've turned to follow Jesus. And, and that's such a joyous thing when that happens. But I'll tell you what, there are families that you'll run across in ministry. 
I've run across a number of them in the past year and a half here at this time, my time at this church. And they, they like the concept of the Bible. They like even many things about Jesus. But they are boldly and unwillingly willing to insulate themselves. They, they want, they see the clearly distinguished, distinguished lines that God has put for these two kingdoms and they want to stay somewhere in the middle. They want to worship other gods than Jesus. They want to worship who they want to worship with youth sports. They want to date who they want to date. They want to be able to go along with whatever political movements that their sinful affections are towards. They want that and they're unashamed about it. And I'll tell you what, church, they don't hang around here very long. They're usually here for about three or four Sundays and they realize that we worship Jesus in this place, not that of any other. The affections, the wicked affections of this heart that is desperately wicked above all things, those things are to be set aside and we worship Jesus in this place. If you're with me, say amen. We're not isolated, but we are to be insulated. Look to verse 17 and it gives us the command to obey. Therefore, God's word says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Now, what we know this does not mean is to be isolated. This does not mean to come out and for us all to go live in the wilderness and to be hermits, although that many aspects of that can sound very attractive. We know this is true because of the Great Commission, that we are to go into the world and to be preachers of this gospel and to teach people all the things that Jesus commanded them. We do know that. What this does mean, however, is this is our next point, and it's very simplistic. We are to be a separated people, dear friends. We are to be a separated people, and the reason we're to be separated is because we are separated. It's because we are different. Our kingdom is not of this world. This place is not our home. Deuteronomy 14.2, it was spoken to the Israelites, but I believe it absolutely can be spoken to the believer today. Deuteronomy 14.2, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all peoples who are on the face of the earth. And God's word does not just tell us that we need to be a separated people, but God in his graciousness and his mercy has also in his word shown us how. Look, if you will, to verse 18 and following of 2 Corinthians 6, where we already are, as it tells us how to be a separated people. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, everyone say the words, these promises, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting. Everyone say perfecting. Perfecting holiness in fear of God. So this process, dear friends, brothers and sisters, this being insulated, this forsaking affections, this clarifying of the battle lines, this making it clear which kingdom you're in, it is a process. Poke your neighbor in the arm and tell him it's a process. And this process, this process involves seeing this promise. Therefore, having these promises, which promises? That we might be sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. In light of that promise, 
we are to cleanse ourselves. We are to go into this process of perfecting ourselves in holiness in fear of God. Knowing that, yes, God is the God that graciously gives us the ins- these instructions. He's the God who redeemed us with his own lo- life's blood. He is the one that did all those things, but he's also the God that can spew people out of his mouth. He is also the God who many, when that great day comes, will be spewed out in the same way that Achan was. Let it not be so for anyone at New Covenant Community Church, I do pray. That's what this process involves. So that's the command, church. That, that, that literally is the pathway out of God's Word that's given to us of not being isolated but insulated. It is the pathway that God gives us in the New Testament. Well, what about the Old Testament? Look now, if you will, to Deuteronomy 22. As we see from God's Word the pathway that He gave to people in the Old Covenant. Verse 9 of Deuteronomy 22. You shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear a garment of different sorts, such as wool and linen mixed together. You shall make tassels on the four corners of your clothing with which you cover yourself. And you say, Pastor Ben, what in the world do seeds and vineyards and oxen and donkeys and tassels have to do with being insulated from the world in which we find ourselves? And I believe with respect to these tassels that God's people were commanded to have on the corners of their clothing. I believe it reveals to us in Numbers 15, verse 37 through 41, it tells us the reasoning. It shows us the spirit of these things in Deuteronomy 22. As a matter of fact, there in Deuteronomy 22, in the margin of your Bible, it might be a good idea to write Numbers 15, verse 37 through 41, where God reveals the spirit behind which he is instructing his children to do these kinds of things. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Numbers 15 here, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments the Lord of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry which is in your own heart and your own eyes which they are inclined Almost sounds like the affections spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So my interpretation as best I can tell church is that when the Israelite families were to gather together to, to plant their seeds in the vineyard, They'd go through this process of separating out the seed, being certain not to plant mixed kind of seed in different places. This is the place where you plant this kind of seed, this kind of grape. Here is the place where you plant something entirely different. The two do not mix. As they would go about this process of planting, they would be reminded we are a different people. We are not like the people around us. We're not to marry and to mix with the people of the lands around us. We are a different chosen royal holy special before god almighty we're not to mix these things they would be reminded that as commonly as they would plant and perhaps as commonly as they would eat the fruit of that vineyard they would be reminded of this 
Every time that the Hebrew man would, would hitch up the, the oxen together, he would be reminded. It was kind of a silly thing to think that God would command them not to bring the ox and the donkey together. They would be really bad pulling anyway, but, but they would be reminded that I'm putting these ox together because the ox doesn't walk like the donkey. The ox doesn't pull like the donkey. These are different animals not to be put under the same yoke. We can't mix and worship the gods around us because we walk different. It's not how we roll. They would be reminded of this as commonly as they would hitch up that team together. As every time that they put on clothes, all of us put on clothes this morning, praise the Lord. Every time that they would put on their clothing, it was kind of a weird thing that God would command them not to mix wool and linen. Those, those things would usually not ever be mixed. Linen was worn for a different purpose than wool, and, and it was strange that God would command them not to mix these things. But every time that they would put on that linen garment or that wool garment in the cool season, they would be reminded that we're a different people. We're not to mix. We're to be insulated, dear friends and family. We are in this world, but we're not of it. We're not isolated, but we're insulated. We're to be a people. We are the people of God when they saw the tassels on those clothes. Just like it says in there in Numbers 15, that they, they would remember the Lord their God and all that He had commanded them to do. So what I tell like, feel like telling New Covenant Community Church this morning is that we ought to mimic this same kind of direction that God gives. As commonly as we eat food, and here in America we eat lots of it, as commonly as we eat food, we ought to remember that we're a different people. We don't sow things and mix. And we're a separated people. We're, we're to be insulated. We're, we're a chosen people, church. You look out into the world and, and not all those people are washed of His blood. You've been chosen. You've been redeemed before the foundation of the earth. It was in His plan to save you. What a great God that we serve that has done those things. As commonly as we eat food, we ought to be reminded that as commonly as we go to work, just like that Hebrew man that would hitch up the team, and we ought to be reminded that we should be walking different. We don't walk in step with the world. Or at least we shouldn't be. For as commonly as we do work in our homes or go to work, we ought to be reminded that the ox and the donkey walk different, they pull different, they're different animals. As commonly as we go to work, we ought to remember we're different than the rest of the world. We think different, we walk different, this is how it ought to be. We ought to be not isolated, but insulated. For as commonly as we put on clothes, we ought to be rem reminded, dear friends, this morning, that we've been redeemed of Christ, His precious blood, poured out for you and I we did not deserve it we did not earn it but a God who loved the creation that he made that still loves the creation that he made gave his only begotten son that whoever might believe in him would not perish but have eternal life that that we would be a special people given this gift of salvation this this wonderful gift that we preach and share with those around us we ought to be reminded of all those things as commonly as we eat as commonly as we work and as commonly as we put on clothes, not to be isolated, but to be insulated. Would you stand with me as we bow our heads to pray? Father, make us a people that comes out to be separate. Wash away the affections, the many affections that we have of this world to look like it forgive us of it I pray Lord do your work in our hearts Lord I pray that there would be a great move of sanctification a great move in this body of believers Lord 
because our affections have turned to that of another that our old affections start to drop off and maybe even our trash would start to look different maybe even the way that we speak would start to look different maybe even the way that we dress would start to look different because our affections for this world are waning and as we move through this world not isolated we are indeed insulated in Jesus name and all the church says